Good morning, everyone. It is another Sunday, and we are blessed with this life that God has given us. I am blessed. I get to be here. I get to preach to all of you. I get to spread the Word of God, a gift that I am so thankful that God has given me. But I hope everyone has had a wonderful week. And if there's any of you that haven't had a wonderful week, that haven't had a wonderful month, that haven't had a wonderful year, that haven't had a wonderful life, I'd like to ask you to open your heart to receive Jesus. Now, make no mistake, Asking Jesus into your heart and believing and knowing that He is King, that He is Lord, won't instantly fix all your problems. Because the promise is not that this life will be perfect, that this life will be a a, a fantasy book, that this life will just be all roses and sunshine. No, that isn't the promise. The promise is that Jesus is your inheritance. The promise is that when this life ends, you have eternal life in heaven. Wouldn't it be something to to think and believe that this life is it? That after this life there is nothing else? How depressing is that? We as believers and followers, we don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be down thinking. We don't have to step on everyone we see. Because this life is all we have. No, we don't have to do that. Because this isn't the only life. This isn't the only life. Now that being said, Jesus will help you through this life. He will be with you. Once you accept Him into your heart, you are never alone again. But you have to keep up with that belief. You have got to pray to Him every single day, multiple times a day. Pray without ceasing. You have to read His Word and fellowship with Him on a daily basis or you will begin to slip away. Your faith won't be as strong. And that's because Satan is a roaring lion. He is trying to destroy you at every turn. So we have got, we have got to pray and fellowship with God Almighty every single day, every moment of every second in our weakness and in our strength. We've got to. We have to. Now I'm going to pray and we're just going to hop right into this. Lord, we love you so much. Father, please be with us. Please put these words that you want me to speak, put them into my mouth and allow me to say the words that you need, that everyone needs to hear. Please let your word flow through me. Let the Spirit of God move from me to every single person that's watching today and every single person that will be. Watching and hearing your words that you are about to give me. 
Please let these words, let them open hearts and minds and close the book of death. And open the book of life. Lord, please give us strength in these hard times. Help us to stay focused on you in these hard times. And help us, Lord, to praise you in these hard times and in the good times. And even in the mediocre times. Please, Lord, soften our hearts to receive the message. We love you and we praise you. And I ask and pray these things humbly before you in Jesus' name. Okay? Alright. We are going to be in Galatians today. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be in there a lot. Galatians chapter 5 and Genesis predominantly. Galatians chapter 5, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to close with Matthew chapter 5. So Galatians chapter 5, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, and Matthew chapter 5. It's it's funny, uh, God actually gave me this sermon, or the idea for this sermon, weeks ago, maybe even months ago. Early in the week. A lot of times... God will give me stuff early in the week, but then later in the week, He'll change it. But I still save everything that He gives me. Sometimes He gives me four messages. Four or five a week. But then, when I write my sermon on Saturday, He gives me the one that He wants me to have. And I save all the rest. I've just always been compelled to do so. And He gave this one to me at least a month ago, maybe longer. And um, I'm excited because when he first gave it to me, I was like, oh, that's going to be a good one. And um, so I hope that, I hope that you're filled up. All right. First and foremost, let's flip into Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 13. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not for liberty, only use not for liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Let me read that again. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Freedom. Ye have been called unto freedom. Only use not that freedom for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Do not use the freedom that God has given you for the weakness of the flesh. God freed you from those chains. He took the chains and He ripped them off of you. He unlocked them, unlocked the shackles, and they are no more. You are not bound by sin. You have a choice. 
Make no mistake, there are many, many sins that we can choose not to ever partake in again, and we will not. Will you be tempted? Yes. Will you perhaps stumble from time to time? Possibly. But if you actively, not using your mind, not using the strength of your mind and your body to, to, to resist sin, but using the power of God and His Spirit that dwells within you, praying without ceasing, using His strength to give you strength, you can resist those many sins. That being said, you can also... There are also sins that are passive. That you will just sin. You will try not to and you will. Pride is one of them. Pride is a sin that comes naturally. It is a sin that we naturally go to. Because pride has many forms. But when you sin, When you sin in your pride, and when you have pride in your sin, immediately repent, Lord, please forgive me for my transgression. Forgive me for my sin, Lord. And help me not to sin again. Please, I praise and glorify You, my Lord God Almighty, in Jesus' name. Amen. Repent, 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 repent. I know I've said this a million times. And you're like, oh, here we go, another sermon on repentance. Not specifically. But repentance is, is always, is always a need. As is faith, as is hope, as is love in Jesus. Do not take the chains that God took from you and put them back on and lock the shackles and take the key and give it over to Satan. Don't do it. Do not use your liberty that was given to you through the blood of Jesus, through His sacrifice. Do not use that liberty to go right back to your sin through the weakness of your flesh. Don't do it. But by love, serve one another. By love, serve. Serve one another. Jesus came not as a judge, but as a servant. The God of all creation came down to earth and walked among men and suffered and was tortured and died as a man for all of us. He came as a servant. And we are to serve one another with love in our hearts as Jesus loved us, as He served us, as He opened His arms and allowed us to be chosen children of God. Chosen children of God. Because we deserved it? No. We didn't deserve it. 
And we never will. And yet he still did it. Why? Because Jesus is love. His love is greater than our love. He came and suffered and died and resurrected and ascended for us. Because he loves us, regardless of how awful we are. And as much as he loves us, he didn't want heaven without us. But we can only go to heaven if we are without sin. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that, preacher? We believe that Jesus is Lord. We ask Him to come live within us. We give our burdens over to Him. We give control over to Him, not believing and understanding that we are not in control. We believe and follow Jesus. And we are reborn in the Spirit. And that new creation is no longer bound by sin. That new creation still lives within us where the old soul was, but it's not bound by the flesh anymore. Someday we will shut this body, this sin-filled body, this husk. It will go to the grave and we will go to heaven without sin. But those who disbelieve Their souls are bound to their flesh. So when their body dies, their soul goes the only place that it can go, and that is down to the depths of hell. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 15 through 18, and then I'm going to hop over and read verse 21 through 25. You see me keep rubbing my eye. You ever get sleep stuck in the corner of your eye and you cannot get it out? Oh, it's driving me nuts. I think I got it. Okay. Genesis chapter 2. Starting out, I'm going to read verse 15 through 18. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him a woman. I shall make him a woman, a partner. Verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her into the man. Unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife 
and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. God made woman for man. Now there, there is uh, a bunch of political activism out there that tries to change all that. Well, first and foremost, they're trying to prove that there's no God. If they can prove that there's no God, then they can also prove that man wasn't created first. Then they can also prove that woman didn't come from man. Then they can also prove that women are a completely different creature. And then they can try to destroy the sanctity of marriage. And that is what's on trial. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Nothing else. Of everything that's being said, the sanctity of marriage is on trial. They're using activism to try to make God out to be a fictional character. Our faith is on trial. Our belief in God is on trial. God is not hurt by these things that are being said because God is forever. He is infinite. God existed before anything existed. He is the beginning. He chooses the beginning and He chooses the end. The Alpha and Omega. God is not hurt in the sense that we know pain and suffering. Now God is hurt. His heart hurts because His creations are trying to erase Him. Are bucking against Him. Trying to make it as though He doesn't exist. He is loving. He is the epitome of love. And this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came and preached and walked the land and suffered and died because God loves us so much. And the sanctity of marriage is on trial. If they can prove there's no God, then they can prove that there's no need for marriage between a man and a woman. Then they can push multiple genders and all this mess. But first and foremost, they want to prove to people there's no God and there's no need for God. Look around. Look at this fallen world, the wickedness of this world, and tell me there's no need for God. They work for Satan. He works through them. Because Satan's one goal, his one goal, is to keep man from God. So that when he's burning in the lake of fire, 
As many of us as, as he has turned will be burning and suffering with him. I've said this before, but it applies. Misery loves company. He wants to be miserable and in absolute eternal pain with as many others as he can. He wants to hurt God. He wants to hurt him. But he can't hurt God in the sense that we know that. God yearns for us. He loves us that much. He yearns for the day that we live with Him forever. But God is patient, just as love. And He is kind, just as love. There is no darkness in God. There is no sin within Him. He is only goodness and only love and only light. So he'll wait for as many of us to be turned to him as can possibly be before he brings Jesus, before he sends Jesus back to destroy this wicked and fallen world. God is love. And as much as the world tries to prove that God doesn't exist, in their insolence, they prove that He does. As much as they try to push, there's no God. There's no need for a God. We are gods. They prove that God does exist. And we do need Him. Because this world is just swirling the toilet bowl. And that's because of free will. God gave us free will. But it's only truly free will if we also have the ability not to choose God. So He gave us the ability to choose Him and not to choose Him, and that is free will. And those who choose not to choose God, they're the reason this world is so wicked and fall. Alright. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And He said unto the woman... Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? That, my friends, is Satan, the serpent. God created all creatures. And Satan tries to corrupt as many of those creatures as he can. As he corrupted the serpent. As he corrupted us. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of all the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's. Knowing good and evil. Satan said, ye shall be as gods. 
And in verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was of, was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Everyone always says the first sin was when man disobeyed God and ate of the fruit of the tree of good and evil. But that is not the first sin. That is not the first sin. This is. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. The first sin of man, of human beings. Now, this isn't the first sin at all, period. The first sin was by Satan himself, Lucifer, when he desired to be greater than God. That was the first sin. And then he rose up with a third of heaven's angels and tried to overthrow, overthrow God. And he was not even powerful enough to overthrow the archangel Michael and the, and the remaining angels of heaven. He could not even overthrow them. But he thought himself great enough to overthrow God. He desired to be greater than God. Just as Eve, the first human being to ever sin, who started all of the wickedness of this entire world, Eve sinned before she ever took of the fruit, before she ever bit into it, before she ever gave some to Adam. She desired to be greater than God. Just as Satan desired to be greater than God. Satan was cast down. He was kicked out of heaven. And so were we. God wanted immortality for us. He did not want us to suffer. He did not want any of this. He created the world to sustain immortal beings that could procreate. Think about that. Everyone talks about how the world can't handle so many people. God created this world to be able to sustain immortals that could procreate. This world was created for greater things. But instead, the desire by Eve to be greater than God caused her first, that was her first sin, and her second was eating of the fruit. And her third was allowing Adam to partake in her sin and give him of the fruit of the fruit to eat. 
And then he sinned. And then the rest of a humanity from that point on has suffered and died as a result of Eve's desire to be greater than God. Which, which, which was a result of Satan wanting to hurt God by corrupting His very children, His very creations. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5 again. I'm going to read verse 16 through 25. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. You are not bound by the laws of sin. If you walk in the Spirit, then you don't have to worry about all of the many sins that you could commit because you are living for God. If you're walking in the Spirit. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, immolations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. There is no law against the fruits of the Spirit because they are of God. Now they can be twisted into sin. You can start and you can, you can take love. Love many a times is corrupted into something else. But the original form of love is of God. But just as Satan corrupted Eve's mind and made her desire to be greater than God, so can love be corrupted and be made into something else. But the purest form of love is bound by nothing. For it is of God. And it is God. For God is love. Verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
These sins that corrupt the heart and the mind and the body. These sins that dwell in our flesh. They don't start there. They start as a desire in our minds. Just as Eve desired to be greater than God, that was the first thing. God knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows. He knows our sins. The sins that we think no one knows. There are many disgusting and evil things that go through the brain. Just as Jesus said, Let me show you what Jesus did. Matthew chapter 5. Twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Ye have heard, this is Jesus' words. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see what Jesus is trying to reveal to you? If you think it in your heart, if you fantasize about it in your head, you have already committed the sin. Eve desired to be greater than God. That was the first sin. Then she ate of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil and that was the second sin. And then she made Adam to partake in her sin. And that was the third. And then Adam ate the, ate the fruit. And that was four sins. Four sins, three of which were by Eve. Eve came from man. Man was created in God's image and woman came from man. She desired to be greater than God and that was the first sin. So keep in mind if you're thinking about sin, if you're fantasizing about sin, then you're sinning. You have already committed the act of sin before you even did it. This is this is a little while. So, let's say you've thought about stealing your neighbor's car. You really want to steal your neighbor's car. You've already committed that sin. And then when you do it, that's not one sin, that's two. Everything that we do, we think about. 
until we come to a point that we are so close to God. Fellowship, fellowshipping with Him so closely that He gives a command and you don't have to think about it. You just do it. I've come to that place. I read the Bible constantly. I pray constantly. This isn't pride. God gives me a command. Points me in a direction. Gives me words to speak. And I finally got to a point that I don't think about it. I just do. I submit to God Almighty and I do what He wants of me. Because my mind, when I, back in the day, God would give me a command. And keep it in mind, it was much harder to hear God back then than it is now. But He would give me a command or point in a direction and I would think about it. And I would corrupt it. And that it wouldn't even be what it originally was meant to be. And it wouldn't do what it was originally meant to do. That's walking in the Spirit. When you are walking in the Spirit and you are following God and He is leading you, when you are submitting to Him fully and giving control over to Him completely and just living and doing as God wants, you don't have to live in here anymore. I used to live in here all the time. I would create scenarios in my head of something that hadn't happened or in some way of something that could happen and I would corrupt it before I had even started doing it. I still camp in my head every once in a while because I'm flesh and bone. And when I do, as soon as I realize it, I stop and I say, God, help me not to camp in my head. Help me not to think about things I shouldn't think about. Help me not to worry or fear. Because you are here. Sometimes I'll, when I'm praying to God, I'll rhyme a little bit. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes by accident, but it puts a little smile to my face. Because I love God so much, and He loves me so much. And just as you can be playful with your parents and your loved ones, you can be playful with God, and He will be playful with you. Walk in the Spirit. Desire only Jesus. Desire only Him. Desire to live a Jesus-filled life. I've been reading a lot about people that are very spiritual. They live spirit-filled lives. But the spirit that they're filled with isn't the spirit of God. I'm just a spiritual person, you know, about life. There's so many celebrities that will say there are spiritual people about life and being good and moral. But they don't believe 
in a higher power. Well, I don't believe in a higher power either. either. I believe in God. He's not a higher power. He's the power. He's the one God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the one God, the creator of all things. Of the heavens and the earth. He created everything. And nothing that's ever existed exists without Him. If you're spiritual, be spiritual in the love of Jesus and follow Him. And do not let your inner desires run free. If you start thinking something that is sinful, immediately repent and ask for God to take it from you. Because if you've thought about it, if you've lusted after it, if you've desired it, you've already committed that sin. If only, if only Eve, when she committed that first sin, if only she would have called out to God. Before she actually grabbed the fruit and ate it. If she'd only called out to God, perhaps we would all be immortals. Perhaps we would all be living on this eternal world and there would be no pain and death and sorrow and destruction. If she'd have only called out to God after that first sin, desiring to be greater than God. If you have desires in your heart, sinful thoughts, sinful feelings, call out to God. Ask Him to forgive you of those sins. Ask Him to take those desires and those wants and those needs, those fleshly needs from you and ask Him to show you how to live for Jesus. How to desire only Jesus. How to walk in the Spirit. How to pick up your cross. How to deny yourself and follow Him daily. Ask God to deliver you, to redeem you, to save you from your sin. Even those who are already saved. For the flesh is weak. You can push those desires out, but only through God. Only Him. We do not have the power to resist the powers of Satan on our own. We have to submit to God. We have to give Him our burdens and give control over to Him. And He will lead us through all of the dark places and we will be bathed in His holy and perfect and loving and wonderful light. And though we may suffer here on earth, when this body when this shell hits its expiration date 
and it falls to the ground, we will rise and be with God forever. And that's not a fantasy. That's truth. And you have to believe that in your heart. You can't half believe. You have to completely believe in Jesus and trust and believe in all of his words and all that he said and all that he did. There's no half-truths. There's the truth. And the truth has a name and his name is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, please be with us. In this wicked and vile world, be with us, Lord. Fill us. Show us how to walk in the Spirit. Show us how to desire only Jesus. Show us how, Lord, to deny our fleshly infirmities and to live as spiritual beings in this fallen world. Please, Lord, guide us. And please, Lord, help all of those who don't believe. Help them. Teach them. Show them how to seek You and find You, Lord. Show them how, show them what redemption is. Fill them from the inside out with the love of Jesus and let them be made free. Free from sin. Free from persecution and doubt and destruction. Free from all of the weaknesses and the vile wickedness of this world. Living for you. And only you. Father, I ask and I pray these things and I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for this time that you've given us. In Jesus' name, I humbly pray and ask all of these things. Amen. Well, I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And please, 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 read your Bible constantly. Pray constantly. Seek God. Even if you're a believer. Even if you think that you are at a place that you cannot get any closer to God. If you're thinking that, you're already on the cusp of sin. Satan is making you prideful. The only way that we will ever be close enough to God is in here. When we are standing in the presence of God, me, I'm going to be on my knees with my hands on the ground and my face buried in the dirt because I don't deserve to look upon God. That's as close. That's as close. There is, it is impossible for us to, be, to ever be close enough to God here. So if you get to a point that you believe you're no closer, you can never go any further, you are as close to God as you can possibly be, you are wrong. Seek His face continually. Pray without ceasing.
Do not boast yourself or prop yourself up as a great Christian. Be humble and meek before the Lord and before men. Serve one another with love. Love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength and your spirit and all of your being. And tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him every day. Tell Him a hundred times a day how much you love Him. That love will keep you walking in the Spirit. If you just stand still on your belief, your faith will wane and wane and wane and wane until there's no more faith there and all you have is belief. But at that point, you're not living for Jesus. You're living and serving them. And you can't serve God in that. So I hope everyone, I hope everyone finds a new level of closeness with God. And if there's any watching right now, whether right now is literally as soon as I upload this, or right now is years from now, There's a number. Call it. Leave a message. I'll call you back. There's other avenues that I have listed. Come join. Join our Discord. Talk to someone. Come to know and love Jesus and believe and no longer is death your inheritance but life. Jesus is your inheritance. The inheritance of every believer and follower of Jesus. God bless you.